computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Crunch Meek Basketball. Tim, last <laughs> time we talked, we were optimistic about this upcoming road uh, road trip, and the Lakers ended two and four with their two wins coming against Orlando and James Harden in Brooklyn. And a couple competitive games, the Miami one was an ugly blowout and just kind of showed what the Lakers look like against a really good offense and really good defense. Um, obviously, AD played okay against like Embiid. That was a fun matchup, but that game wasn't close either, I felt. And then these last two kind of close blowout uh close losses um in in charlotte and atlanta so i don't know where do you want to pick out pick up from there because uh there's a lot we could touch on i want to portray what happened a little bit more optimistically at least (laughs) at least with specific guys so like against charlotte we started deandre jordan wayne ellington like (laughs) that should speak to who was available we saw one game only one game and it was against brooklyn missing a few guys where LeBron, AD, and Russ were all playing. And we won. And it looked good. It was AD's first game back. So, like, he didn't look... He looked good, but he didn't even look as good as he did the next couple games. But since he's been back, he looks better than he did earlier in the year. And he looks solid. He still can't shoot threes. Um, <laughs> like, he still has some weaknesses. But from a, like, mobility standpoint and athleticism standpoint, defensively, he's looking really good. Russ over this recent stretch is looking really good. He's getting to the rim at will. He's scoring at the rim much, much better than he had been in the past. So like those guys individually looked really good when Braun was playing. He, I mean, just consistently has been really, really good. And we even saw a stretch for like three games in a row. Each of those three guys had like a monster game offensively. We saw AD have a monster game defensively against uh, Embiid, Um, but it just didn't happen at the same time. And, Time after time this season, we ask ourselves, like, all right, where can this team go? What can this team be? And it, I, I still am left like, I don't know because we don't know who's going to be available with all these injury situations. But when they're together, it looks good. And there are little things along the way that are happening that are looking good. And individual players playing well to the point where, like, we're still like, I don't feel we're less dangerous now as a team in the first round. But I know, you know, we're definitely going to be playing a really high seed in that first round, probably after the play-in, in all likelihood, you know, after the play-in. So it's, I don't know, we're, we, I can't, I'm not happy, I'm not sad, it's just, I don't know what to think, I don't know what's going to happen, we can't forecast the next five games because I don't know if AD is going to get randomly injured, <laughs> I don't know if Wayne Ellington's going to be starting these games, we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know how long Braun is out. If LeBron comes back after like two games, we, we might be fine. <laughs> like a week from now, we might say, hey, LeBron came back. The Lakers had a couple great wins. They beat Milwaukee. You know, things are looking good. But we just, there's just no way to know. There's there's really no way. To, it's hard to analyze what the team should do or can do or will do because things are just, the, the situation is changing rapidly. Yeah, I mean, 
the the issue is that we do know and like you see random stints of you trying to switch it up and throw Ellington and Jordan in there and it's just like obviously not gonna work and then you see you know Bazemore got a shift Mm -hmm. in the Atlanta game and that went terribly it's like so so many of those you know roster roster minimum guys just missed that you know Carmelo is one of the ones that that didn't and he still will hurt you uh monk is been shooting the ball great lately you know and they probably might have won if he ended up being able to play in charlotte but he had some terrible turnovers in the atlanta game and you know he he offers uh some problems on defense and just being undersized and as great as he is it's you know it, it, those are the guys that hit and the ways that they're contributing to the team are not the ways that you brought them in for. Like Monk, mm-hmm. if Monk doesn't score 33 points and hit eight threes, the Lakers get blown out. And it's, you yes. know, it's not close. Like that would, they were lucky. Like they lost a game that, where they hit 15, like out of 32, 33 threes in Atlanta. That's a game you should be able to win, but you miss free throws. You foul a lot. You let Trey Young step into, you know, his range on Russ Westbrook was like standing on the three point line and just like sitting on it. And Stray just steps into a three and drains a, you know, a dagger. And yep. it's the pieces don't fit the way they are. And I don't think they would or we're going to fit if we're all healthy. And I know it's frustrating and we're still speculating as to whether they would or wouldn't, but it, it's hard to see unless, you know, like, LeBron just has it and quarterbacks this entire offense. You know, we're seeing like we need a big bucket and we're going to Anthony Davis ISO and he's going to hold the ball for eight seconds. And I don't know, maybe we'll get a Stanley Johnson three out of it. Who knows? Like, we'll see what happens. We'll get something, I guess. But you know, it's mm-hmm. so chaotic and un. it's without purpose. Like it's offense without purpose a lot of times and even down to the Charlotte game with Russ, just like, Oh, I hit a couple threes this game. Like, let me just take this, this, this three, you know, just the, let's see it. Fuck it. Like maybe it goes in and yeah. it's, it's like purposeless sitting down at like blackjack or it's like sitting down at roulette <laughs> and like winning a couple in a row. And you're like, I'm on a hot streak. I'm just going to keep going until you, you know, until you lose the game, uh, <laughs> until you lose your money. That That's what it feels like. Some of these times where it's like, you almost don't want to hit on that first one. Cause it, it gives you that irrational confidence. Right. That's like, yeah. what is it? The, like the winner's bias or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, yep. but anyway, that, that's just, you know, we're talking, we're all frustrated right now, I know. And, you know, a lot of the people who are frustrated probably stopped watching a good bit ago, especially when LeBron <laughs> is not going to play. Tweets, though, Tom. It's true. They're, they're a lot still of, in the Twitter mentions. All of us sickos are still still yelling at each other. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just the pieces don't fit. And, and gosh, you know, I you know who I missed him? Marcus Saul. The Lakers could use a Marcus or someone like Marcus Saul. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't perfect, but it was fun to watch him play basketball and share the ball and cuts. And I think he would be great with Monk in a two-man game. And obviously, just being able to space the floor for Westbrook would be just so helpful. Um, Because, you know, it like what literally does DeAndre Jordan do? 
it's seriously like office space. Like what exactly do you do here? Because <laughs> even what you're brought here to do, you can't do it. So you're just sitting there causing a roster space that we could just be finding more Stanley Johnsons with 10 days. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's It's been challenging for the Lakers. And like you mentioned, they've hit on some of these guys. I, I think they've hit on Monk. They've hit on Johnson. They hit on Reeves. Mm-hmm. Ariza hasn't played three of the last four games. Yeah. Because he's because he's bad. He's <laughs> cooked. He, yeah. He went from yeah, injured for a while to like starting for games and it actively not looking ideal for him to he's missed most of the past couple games. And when he has played, he's played in the teens for minutes. It, LeBron and, hasn't played and he still didn't play. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like that's a, that is a miss. Days more. I have more faith in. I think he looked good in the Charlotte game. Like you said, in Atlanta, he only got one stint. He only played what? Six minutes. It, it, it wasn't fantastic. They had him chasing dudes around screens, which isn't his game. Yeah. Bazemore only makes sense if you're switching everything. If you're not switching everything, he should be out of the rotation. But if you are switching things and there are iterations of this team that can go that route, I still think he can add value. We've seen him just, you know, be able to be an off-ball, low-volume, catch-and-shoot, corner-three kind of guy, and it can work. Um, but so many of these guys just have not panned out. None hasn't yeah. contributed. And, yeah. and it's it's just it's so challenging. It makes your margin for error so small. And if you had hit on Bazemore, if you had hit on Ariza, if all these guys were clicking, if DeAndre Jordan and Dwight were themselves from like three years ago, you can survive some of these stints for a couple games where guys are injured and, and still kind of stay afloat. But right now, it's if LeBron's not out there, I don't trust the crunch time offense. I don't trust the offense in general. And the Lakers are going to lose games. When AD is out, the defense is going to stink. Um, big picture, calling to Marcus Saul, the the Lakers all season long, early in the year, right now, it, does, it, it hasn't really mattered. Either they play their big guys with Dwight and DeAndre, who are actively hurting the offense, and there's no spacing. It hurts Russ, it hurts LeBron, it hurts AD. Or they go smaller and they can't defend the rim at all. And it, it, they are you know able to get to the rim offensively. There hasn't they haven't been able to play both sides. And just having a Mark Gasol type of guy that can be a stretch five that can still kind of defend the rim defensively would make such a difference for this team. And ideally, you get someone good in that role, but I don't know that the Lakers have the assets. I don't know that they're going to find the buyout guy to fill that job. And until they do that, I don't know that they can be both a good offensive and defensive team. Um, Certainly not without being at like full, full strength and having everybody together. So it's, it's really challenging and, the, the offense has just kind of completely fallen apart over the past couple of weeks. We've seen little blips here and there, but it's been mostly pretty poor, disorganized pickup basketball. And you can't do that. You're not going to win games that way in the NBA. And yeah. you would, we were talking before the pod about like the crunch time Lakers and what it looks like. And just, you might have some better stuff pulled up in front of you, but looking at like the NBA's stats in first place for crunch time net rating is Phoenix with a plus 45 net rating. Yeah. Just destroying worlds. Um, Memphis Lakers. is good. The Warriors are good. Yeah. Chicago's good. Denver's good. Milwaukee's good. Brooklyn's good. Philly's decent. The Lakers are in 16th place for net rating. They're minus two in their 130 minutes. Um, minus two per 100 possessions in those 130 minutes yeah. of crunch time over the course of the year. The offense isn't inspiring. The defense isn't good. It's... There's what do you lean on if LeBron's not out there to like tell everybody where to stand, have Malik run, run like a ghost screen, 
and then either attack a mismatch or hit him on the pop or just keep doing that. What does it look like? Because right now, ISO ball isn't isn't the answer, and that's all the Lakers have right now. Yeah, it's God. It's it's like it's so frustrating because they're saying the same things over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and not, you know we're not seeing any 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 progress. But um, let's kind of keep it moving here, I guess. Just talking more general stuff. Uh, if LeBron is gonna miss any sort of time, you know. This could get ugly real soon. They're already minus, uh, three games under 500 as it speaks right now. Uh, so what's what's the Band-Aid right now? Um, is it, you know, I? it's almost like, Tim, you have to, you have to make that deal with the Rust Devil. You have to say, like, let's pay chaos basketball. Um, because it's kind of felt like he was unable to do that in Charlotte because of how, you know, limited the Lakers were. With players on the court who could, you know, like score baskets um, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And so the, it's it's almost just like it's the opposite of kind of what LeBron does like to, you know, manipulate and, you know, chess piece the court around to his liking and get the guy where he wants when he wants it. And if he's not there, it's almost like you have to totally shift gears like no car should be able to have these two completely opposite gears. You know what I mean? And I think philosophically that's part of the Lakers struggle is when being able to recognize some of those just complete shifts mid game, having different lineups with the, your rust led lineups, that's chaos and push and, and hopefully defense and deflections. You know, I, I just don't see, I guess the overall philosophy behind the star rotation, like, Sep, you know, uh, separation and how the rotations play out because you might as well just have a rust chaos lineup and try to get that that fire going. I think because I think he's brought he's dragged a couple teams to the places in the standings the Lakers are now. You know, and it's not pretty, but he's he's gotten them to the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I think maybe I, they could use some of that. Have you checked the calendar, Tom? We've now transitioned Where? from the O stage. Yes. of the calendar to Russell Westbrook being the best player in the world um, or one of the best players in the world. So, I mean, as long as LeBron's out, you, you will have the ball in Russ's hands a lot. And with how the Lakers have been operating with more floor spacing, with better screening angles, more stuff early in the shot clock, clock more towards the middle of the court, he's going to continue to be able to get downhill. And I, we saw a blip there where he just wasn't hitting at the rim and it was like super underperforming even for the shots he was getting. It's been better recently, and that encourages me a bit. I, I think if those process changes stick and then he regresses positively or continues to do so in terms of his finishing itself, he's going to put points up. He's going to put points up efficiently. He's going to draw fouls. And, you know, as long as he doesn't settle for too many threes, as long as we're not seeing too much settling for mid-range jumpers, he can. I think he can play a good role and, and – We've seen his bad pass turnover rates go down and down and down throughout the year, and he'll have games here or there that are bad. But I think we've seen him being able to play the you know both sides of both be aggressive and be successful with that getting to the rim, while also not forcing bad pass turnovers. And he hadn't quite been in that kind of form. It was either one or the other or neither for a lot of the rest of the season. So I I don't mind it. I I agree with what you're saying. I think we need to embrace it a bit. And the Russ and AD lineups, at least since I, I just put a filter in since January, realistically, it's only been 
you know, past couple games, but they've been pretty good offensively. It's just defensively. We were, you know, giving up 117 points per 100 possessions. Yeah. Um, but the offense can work. Like, there's stuff there. Monk's putting up points. I think we just need to see more and more small moves to help the defense and then just try to survive until LeBron gets back. And one other trend that we've been seeing happen is Austin Reeves playing more than Avery Bradley, five of the past seven games. And he's playing well defensively. He's doing all those little things offensively. Whether he gives you 10 points or zero points, he's constantly, you know, crashing the boards. He's boxing out defensively. He's spacing the floor offensively. He's cutting, he's screening. He's just playing smart basketball. And between him and Johnson and Monk, you've got guys there that like, I I can rely on them to be in a game and do what they're supposed to do. Um, Add in Russ and AD, and then just don't have too much mellow. Like there's something here. I think it's just, we haven't seen all the pieces quite fit and we haven't seen it healthy. But I, I believe in in individual guys that we've seen on this team. So I, I don't know. I'm not ready to give up hope, but I feel the frustration. Tim, you know one name we haven't mentioned in the entire podcast? Kind of think speaks to where the Lakers are at. THT. THT regressing, being worse than he was last year? THT <sighs> is not... Like, sure, he made one of the most incredible up and under reverse layups in that Atlanta game, like you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he makes the play, and you're like, you're clearly a 21-year-old basketball yeah. player who is hopefully getting the reps that will lead to him, you know, fixing some of his his, you know, over-penetration. It's still some of the same issues. He's... The vision but, that, Tom. I think that's a big thing I'm noticing is the more and more I watch on film, he's not seeing wide open guys and yeah. it's costing him because the guys are wide open because their man's coming to like double off the strong side. Yeah. Or things you normally don't do in NBA basketball games to make his they life can, more difficult. Yeah, they can get Just away with it. It's like mellow. Yeah. Go double mellow because he's not reading double teams. Right. Um, and actually a little bit more recently he's done, he's been hot or cold with that. But if you can just get away with doing things like that against THT, why not? And and that's really damaging yeah. him. And then defensively, like I'm putting, I was just putting together clips for an X's and O session we're doing on the Discord later, um, covering some defensive rotations among some other things that I'm I'm, I'm going to do a little session with. And I had to like go pull up on another another team's film because so much of the breakdowns that I was highlighting as as film to like point things out for we're just THT not doing his job. And I didn't want to be like picking on him too much. I was like, all right, let's just go watch some Suns film or something or some Memphis film. Cause I can't just show 19 clips of THT making mistakes in a row, but it's happening in the games and you can't be bad at defense, have poor vision and not space the floor and be a positive contributor. It's, you just can't do it. Yeah. It's uh and on defense, not being able to provide the consistent kind of, you know, pressure and, and irritability on ball that someone with that length you would hope for. Uh, but mm-hmm. I get, I get, it's just kind of, I think partly on the Lakers for putting him in a position to be so valuable and to make him be ready or when it's, you know, he's just trying to get better at his game and not necessarily fit the exact role that they need. And uh, or maybe the Lakers are asking him to be in the wrong role. 
Yeah. And if everyone's they don't make, fooling like, themselves. Trade and they resign Caruso, we're not looking at THT. Like, you need to be good right now because right. you're the fourth highest paid player. That's where we are, just given the moves they've made. And a lot of that's not his fault. A lot of that wouldn't, you know, on, in other situations with this team or with other teams, he wouldn't be criticized the way he is. But we need him to hit now. It's not like you're, what is he, 21, 22? Okay, in, in three, four years, you'll be really good. Maybe, maybe not. But we can't wait for that. We need it to happen now. Because three, four yeah. years from now, I, I don't, like, Russ is gone, LeBron gone, probably. It, we need, you know, this is the window. The window is right now. And, and that just speeds up the timeline. And it, it doesn't give THT any room to not play well uh yeah um and well and he hasn't (laughs) so let me let me throw out this crazy idea to you and i was thinking about it recently partly because of you know we're talking about kind of reconciling where we have this team uh and the expectations from it um at what point do you think about what can the lakers get there could be either a long-term or a short-term change-up, I guess you would say, when they could trade someone like Malik Monk. We have heard the THT, none, and a first package. But I'm curious what Malik for as a as a veteran minimum. There's a lot of good veteran minimum guys out there. There's some teams who, you know, you can get some kind of other compensation that other t- teams might like more than and mug you could you know what i mean it enters mm-hmm. you and he's playing well right now um you know talking about teams who are in the playoff bubble or want to bolster their rotation like you know what i mean would philly give you anything non-ben simmons of course but that's the kind of team i'm thinking of tim and is is that a total sell-off mood? Is this a, is this a punt move, or can they also like thread that it. needle and like <laughs> you know get some short-term I don't know changeability just because he's been playing above his value? Mm-hmm. In theory, yes. I think finding the perfect fit might be tough, and maybe next pod we come back with more concrete ideas. But it's challenging because he's a win-now piece for another team. From a contract standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they trade him somewhere and he loves it and he resigns, but he's played well enough to, on the open market, likely earn more than what a team is able to give him, which I think is what, like two years, 12 million or 10 million or something like that. Um, after, at the end of this season, if the Lakers were try, to try to extend him or something, or resign him, I should say. I'm, I'm going to mess up the, the CBA details here, but he. I guess what I'm trying to say is trade him to a bad team and they don't really gain much long-term mm-hmm. in theory because he like they don't have any inherent like bird rights or anything like that where they're able to offer him more than another team would and therefore have a higher chance of keeping him. He would be a, t- a piece that you would trade to a team that is in contention status or is, you know, I- in a playing kind of scenario. You, you send him to a team that's, are kind of on the fringe that thinks another piece can help bump them up or something like that. Um, and they would view him as a, you know, offensive punch defensively. He can do some things well. And if he leaves after the season, he leaves after the season. So I, I think, I mean, 
I mean, I, I feel like I think he's going to leave after the season, kind of no matter what, right? The Lakers just don't, aren't able to shy. give him that money. Yeah, and They're as good to. as as much as they need him, it's just like, well, there's something there. There's some, you know, there's some meat left on that bone. And mm-hmm. I like Malik Monk. I don't want them to trade him. I don't think they will trade him. I'm just saying, it's something worth considering uh, based on you cons- know the realities of where you are right now. If if LeBron's uh, knee is gonna look like take him out for 10, 15, 20 games. I think you should do it. Yeah. I mean, you go, you got to grab Andre Drummond. Like I, I don't know what the Lakers get back for him that another team is able to give. Cause he's a minimum deal. So like financially you're constrained a bit, the short-term long-term piece of this constrains you a bit in terms of who you realistically will trade with. Um, so I'll, we'll have to go back and do some more research and see if we can throw something together that makes some sense, but he has an offensive firepower punch that he can add to a team. Now, if you remove him from the Lakers, does Melo need to play a lot more? Does THT suddenly become a better score? Like the, the scoring will need to be replaced. Like you said, if he didn't score 30 points in that one game, we lose that game. We may have lost that game anyway. I don't know which one I'm thinking of, but um, it, I don't know if the Lakers can lose him this year, but I like the idea. I like the idea of, you know, opening up yourself to more than just trading non-THT in the pick. See, see what else we have. Try the different options out. See what you can get. Maybe you don't do it, but he shouldn't be someone that you're viewing as like off the table. Right, right. It's, yeah, you can't just say like, yeah, only, this is our only asset. You got to be willing to negotiate and think about any kind of way to make this better. Speaking of, I want to get your take on this trade I saw with New York floated. Do you see that? No, I did not. Um, I think it's Russ and the 27 first for Fournier, Kemba Walker, and Alec Burks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Jeez. Um, huh. I don't like how that looks defensively. <laughs> Though I guess you're not giving up a whole lot of defense to start with. That's 
inch. How is Kemba playing? I, I hate that I don't hate it. I, I know. I that hate Kemba that was, I don't hate it. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, it's Kemba. I mean, he's got no knees. How's that? It's. Point? I, I'm gonna like. I just pull up these guys' profiles real quick. You used to stand for Alec Burks. Are you still on Alec Burks? Uh, Molehill. Yeah, I mean, unless he's having like a really crappy season, he, he played really well last year and was a clear fit. Um, let's see, Evan Fournier shooting really well, finishing really well, he's playmaking okay, defense uh, an F. <laughs> Would space the floor, good offensive contributor. If you were to like give him to me. And the pitch is like, can this piece fit? Like, yeah, I think it could probably fit. I'll, I'll have to see. I mean, I wouldn't put him in a wing stop or defensive role like the Knicks have done, which makes no sense to me. But um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, Burks is shooting well. Huh. Burks, I'd take Burks. Yeah, Burks is having a good season. He's, he's got the offense and the defense going, and that's something that we can't say about a lot of current Lakers. If there's a Burks trade available, I'd be into that. THD was, none for Burks. THD none for Burks. I'd, no, uh, no, no. It's a bad, I it's a bad trade, but it would be more. It would probably help you this year. If none's never gonna play, maybe yeah. Yeah, I'll see Kemba. Yeah, I mean, Kemba looks like Kemba. Ooh, interesting. His defense hasn't been as bad as it normally is. Huh. Intriguing. Intriguing. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to say probably not, but I, I like some of the pieces involved here. Like, if this were to happen, I could spin this in a good direction, I think. You, you're adding two guys that can score, a third guy that's a 3 and D guy. Kemba's, like, point of attack defense, like, on-ball defensive numbers are actually pretty good this year. Um, he's really poor in other areas of defense, but hasn't been bad there. I, I don't know. It, the, the Lakers don't have a lot of good options. This would be exciting. This would be different. <laughs> I don't know. Long term, are any of these guys like under contracts? Like, what is this? Does yeah. this just get them off of Russ's money? Or? No, it's it's longer contract than Russ. Hmm. I think um, all of them except Kemba. Okay. Um, but it's it's like yeah. Uh, holy crap! What I, I hate. I this is my analysis. I hate that I don't hate it. I hate that. <laughs> It makes me feel like, uh, and I do like, no, no, that's terrible. Oh, no, but it's like three players for one. Like, it's really could use is a bad state of affairs. Um, maybe they'll cut Avery Bradley and DeAndre Jordan, even though it'd probably be Bays and Jordan, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, They'd be trading them back in the deal. I don't think they're going to cut anybody because then they have to pay tax. Wow. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't hate this. I think I'm I'm in I'm in the same boat as you. I wouldn't be advocating for this, but if it were to happen, we'd have to rethink things a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. These guys add value offensively, defensively. It's not going to help. But hmm. okay. What about I'm, like? Can can we get like Mo Bamba for cheap? He's defended again with well. the Mo Bamba. He's. 
underperforming his shot quality, but is still shooting 35% on D minus shot quality. So if you get him some, some higher quality threes, he can shoot 37, 38%. He rebounds well. Now he didn't rebound well previously, but he's bulked up a bit. He's defending the rim at really, really high levels. He's playing great drop coverage. He's been 94th percentile impact on defense. I don't think Mombama is, is going to help this team too much. I guess so. I'm just wondering, uh, outside of like Miles Turner, are there any stretch fives available? Mike Muscala is, is the other name that I've mm. thrown out. But other than other than those options, is that a tool the Lakers can add to the toolkit? Because they don't have it. Remember when the Lakers had a stretch five under contract? I do, I do remember that, yeah. What was his name? Ah, oh, jeez, what was it? Because he had a brother, I think was a his his number might be retired. Oh, Mark Marcus All. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I wonder what he's up to. Is he playing for his Spanish team? I think he was, yeah. Wait, hang on. I'm gonna pull his data up. Oh, Lord. What league are they in? He's a Spanish professional <laughs> basketball player for basket. We're entering the full like sad. Sad mode. We're just talking oh, he's about in the remember LED when. Oro. You, you, you know the LED Oro. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, so I guess, wait, where are you looking for in this, you know, recalibrated mindset for this team? What's the, you know, just looking to get the, some of the offensive freaking sets back? Yeah, I think the... This is this is how I'd pitch it. We're going to deal with injuries. This team's not going to be fully healthy. They're not going to be healthy enough for a long enough stretch that they can make a real move in the standings to avoid the plan. In all like like they can avoid the plan in theory, but it's not going to happen if we're being realistic. They mm-hmm. will be a playing team, and then the, the thing needs to be by the time you get there, you got to be dangerous. You can't in theory be dangerous. You have to be dangerous. Dangerous. You have you know teams. I want to see teams trying to avoid you. And to get to that point, the offensive scheme has to come back. And that should be doable. It, it Like, I don't know what they were doing before organizationally or who was in charge of what that allowed them to do what they were doing. They need to get back to that. They should be able to get to back to that. They, they can do those things without LeBron on the court. If they do that, if by the time they get to the playoffs, they're healthy. AD has already looked much better. Um, I think... Bay's more integrating and then leaning more switchy with stuff is the route to go with this team. And we're going to, I mean, Reeves playing more and more, Bradley playing less and less in that transition continuing to happen. Like there are little things that we can be looking for along the way so that once LeBron is back, whether it be two weeks or like two days from now, you know, you feel better about the trajectory of the team. Cause if, if they do have injury issues and then he comes back towards the end of the season and then there's just no time to go through the process of making improvements before you hit that play-in, before you hit that first round, you're screwed. You have to make the improvements now. You have to figure that stuff up now and then catch those guys up once they get back. Um, so to me, I'd say the offense. The offense has to get better. And then can they be a good switching defensive team? And I think we should be able to see that with 
with Johnson playing, with Reeves playing more, with AD back, maybe get Bays in there. Like they have, even without LeBron playing, like LeBron not playing is going to hurt the offense a bunch. The defense, it's probably going to hurt a bit and you're going to see more mellow, which is going to be hurtful. But outside of those minutes, can we see the other pieces form strong defense? I want to, I want to leave this stretch say LeBron is joining a team that, you know, when AD was on the court with Stanley Johnson and, and, and Reeves and Monk and whoever, they had, you know, a defensive rating of 98 or something like that. Whatever it happens to be. I want to, like, there has to be success with subsets of this team during the parts in the rotation timeline where it's like, yeah, this is kind of normal and this will continue. And then it's really just about improving that rotation via being healthier later in the season. But the defense, parts of the defense have to look better and we'll have empirical evidence of that. And then the offensive scheme has to be better and we'll see that on the film. Okay. Um, the, the trade deadline is next Thursday. All reports are from Woj and people out there that Lakers don't really have much traction. Do you see the Lakers being able to pull off even the smaller scale trade, maybe trying to dump a salary with a second round pick in order to a cap room team just to alleviate the tax burden? Can you see any kind of Lakers trade coming soon or you think it's just going to be whatever they can get? for free basically uh i'll say that we should probably at least see them make a small move to get off a deal to create space like i expect that's the baseline that i'm expecting whether it's probably DeAndre jordan just like clear space they still have and i don't know that i want to Break news here. This is this is more Discord stuff, but like the Lakers have offers out. They have the high offer out for certain guys. Like they're talking to teams who have players that are available, and the teams want more for what they're offering, but nobody's currently offering more. So as we get closer to the deadline, you may see those teams say, "All right, fine, we'll take our best offer." And the Lakers make a trade and it, and it looks like a good value. Or we may just see this team say, ah, this isn't good enough. Even though it's the best offer, we're just going to wait and try to do something during the offseason. So I, I can at least say that like they're being active and they're trying stuff. It's just that nobody's super excited right now about THT. No one's really excited about Kendrick Nunn. The, the first round pick has value. How much from a protection standpoint the Lakers are willing to give up with that, it that might be the difference maker. Um, So the fact that the Lakers need to make the decision on how all in they're willing to go and all in's a funny phrase because it's nowhere close to most other teams all in, but how all in the Lakers are willing to go with that is a decision that needs to be made while probably not seeing a healthy big three for another game for the, for the next week. Um, If we, if, you know, if LeBron was healthy right now and instead of, losing a, a couple games in a row, we're on like a four-game win streak, you maybe are more willing to make that trade and and make that happen and live with the consequences and sacrifice the future pick um, to help this team win now. But it, it's really it's really tough to say how they'll, they'll navigate that without being able to see the proof of concept on the court and truly be able to say, oh, you know what? We're one piece away right now from, from being where we want to be. So... They're going to try, but my expectation is a smaller move. And then I'm hoping another team kind of settles and takes the Lakers. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's 
I mean, the other thing I wanted to bring up is we didn't mention Stanley Johnson got his two-year contract mm-hmm. um, yeah. with the team option on the second year, which is pretty nice. Um, he's been, you know, a godsend, honestly, for this team. And he's been starting to make some threes, uh, especially corner threes. He is pretty good with those, and that is a helpful thing. I'm still worried about the fit with uh, Braun, AD, him, and Russ in the starting lineup. But I don't know, man. It it's gotten to the point where it's we're still frustrated by a lot of things that Vogel have done. We want to see this different team that we think is in there, and it's not in there if the coach doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. So as far as what we're talking about, we're we're in a fantasy land, writing someone else's story. You know, when you watch a movie and you're like, oh, it should have been this, this, and that. Like, well, you didn't come up with the story, so you can't write the ending. You know what I mean? So, story of this team is Avery Bradley, baby. 20 plus five games of DeAndre Jordan starting. And then you get to see, I saw you tweeting about this, Tim, process. It's not only that you arrive at the result that is empirical in front of everyone. It's just maybe you get there a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we... Leaning into good process, leaning into smart data, using data in the right way, isn't just about coming up with an answer that other people won't come up with. A lot of times it's about coming up with the same answer you otherwise would have, just being able to do it way quicker. It's, it's about figuring out what lineups work or don't work. It's about what set plays work or don't work, what players are a fit or aren't a fit as early as you possibly can. Because if you can get an extra 20 games of running a better rotation or an extra 40 games of running a better rotation, that makes a huge difference. And that's going to be a couple wins, um, at least in the standing. So, yeah, I, I'm disappointed in how long it's taking for certain realizations to come about. The best way you can frame it is like better late than never. <laughs> um, Broken clocks right twice a day? Yeah. That's, that's what they say. Guess who? Guess guess what? Uh, Marcus Hull's three point percentage is right now. Um, twenty seven. Oh, forty one. More, more. Uh, One hundred. No, a little bit less. Fifty seven percent. Oh my god. <laughs> he's the most efficient player in the entire league that he's playing in, which is the. Uh, I don't know what league this is. I think it's the Spanish second league. Well, he I is. Hope so. He is not a good post player, which is funny to me that he's he's still not a good post player against that level of competition. But as a pick and pop option, as a spot up option, as a dump off option, he's he's destroying worlds over there. So good for him. Buy a team, check yourself into a couple games, get some run in, put up some points, and then get out of there. <laughs> Dude, the levels, like the X, uh, you know, the how much more, how much better. NBA players are than everyone else. Like it's, it's a crazy, there's levels to this shit, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch and not surprising that he would go dominate just like standing, turning, catching, shooting. Like we can't guard him. How do we stop this? Yeah. I, I still wonder if he's getting like destroyed in pick and roll coverages by like five, nine guards. <laughs> <over> <laughs> But, but you know, good for him. It's it's happy to see. Isn't that kind of how? Um, uh, what's the movie I'm thinking of with uh, Will Ferrell in it? Semi Pro. Yeah, he doesn't he isn't that like a similar situation where he's like the GM or owner or something in the yeah. place? Yeah, okay. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, that's a good movie. 
It's not the best I, basketball movie, but it's a good one. What would you say is the best back, basketball movie? <sighs> Man, I don't know. No, I have I'll to think about this. I can't just say <laughs> one right now. It's really hard for me to – yeah, I don't want to commit to anything. It's really hard for me to watch these movies too because they're just, just garbage offense. Just no real plays. It's just guys running around in circles. Sorry, Tim. We'll make a basketball movie and that'll be <laughs> – That'll be our answer. I need I need to cram just McBasketball credit. Yeah, <laughs> for exactly. Like consultant for a movie, and just because they, they run like a flare screen, you know, get my name on a movie. Let's make it happen. LA, hey, Hollywood, come on, Hollywood. Let's go, all of you. You know, Laker fans in the industry, get at us. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> Where are the industry sources? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, I think that's gonna do it for this week, Tim. Um, yeah. Shoot us a five-star review via your you know podcast platform of choice, and we will send you the link to the Discord. Got a lot of exciting stuff going on there. If you'd like to find a way to contribute to the show more, Tim's and the community, always, you know, sussing out you know, sourced material and you know, DMing people on Instagram and you know, breaking plays down with uh, Coach Cranjus over in his corner. So uh yeah, man, go get that, you know, five-star review and send it over to Tim or I, and we'll get you that invite. Yeah, I know, people were questioning that I had sources on some of this stuff. And it's like, I don't generally just, like, break news. Like, I'm not just going to make shit up to, to like, add to the, the followers I have. Like, if, I, if we have something that we can report, we'll report it. You have um, receipts. It's okay. We have receipts. Like, and, and people in the Discord can verify that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's nothing surprising there. Um, and, it, and we're seeing it happen. So, so that's, that's great. But yeah, hop on in that community. We have all kinds of great stuff happening. Tom, I don't know if you've seen, but we have a nice channel now where we just basically share pictures of our food and comment on each other's meals, which I'm having a lot of fun with. Um, that's been great. The NFL chat's been great during the playoff games. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We have, so today doing an X's and O session, if you're listening to this, it's too late, but you can go watch the recording, um, doing that every other week and then a bonus pod every other week as well um and then once a month like watching a game live together so lots of cool stuff we have different tiers of access different channels different uh degrees of information and and, and sourcing and stuff like that that you'll be able to find but hop on in that group it's a bunch of fun it's continued to grow and uh, i'm going to give a special thanks to a couple friends of the pod who are uh, you know in a high subscriber tier helping power us through everything and, and that's zach harris and mike h um along with the rest of the laker sex mafia and supporting what we do it matters it keeps us going and uh if you want to get in on that action go check out the link i have in my twitter bio you can see the different tiers of access we have so you can get in with with that five-star review but then moving from there uh, and you'll see that once you get in the discord or if you just want to hop straight in that way you can you can check out that link in my bio All right. Good stuff, man. Um, Until next time, we will talk to y'all later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.